Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why exactly. I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. You will drive Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And we have not one, but two pieces of breaking news. Thank God. Number one. <laughs> Thank hmm. God. How do, I, how do I wait these? Number one, everyone, hold your breath. Carla Rae Jepsen has released a surprise <laughs> album, Dedicated Side B. She'd been teasing the side Bs, which, as we know, as Carly Rae Jepsen, as Jep friends, we know that the side Bs are always better than the side As. I think that's their... <laughs> True fans know. I think the great thing about Carly Rae Jepsen is that the side Bs sound just like the side As. I think we just like them because they're new, but they're... Mm -mm. It's more of the same. No, I disagree. I, I think that they're... I think that they're as good. No. I think the side Bs have historically been better than the side As. I think there is a, in the Carly Rae Jepsen factory, music factory, mm -hmm. like CNC music factory, I think there's poor decision making, like choosing singles and stuff like that. They're not, I'm, I don't quite agree with the, the choosing of the songs, the placement of the songs. So when they release the side Bs, it's always great because it's just like giving up in terms of just give us everything that you did. I don't really care the placement of the singles because she's not very good at choosing those historically. Mm -hmm. Historically. Mm -hmm. Like, I really, really like you. Not the best album on that. Not the best song on that album. Not even a really, really great song. I think that Emotion Side B has like four great songs that are great surprises and the rest of them sound just like everything else. But I think if you had to look at them as a whole, I would choose Emotion Side A. I don't know. I might choose Emotion Side B. I'm just thinking like she just famously her, she famously puts incredible songs, somehow releases them on the back burner. Like 
you know, Cut to the Feeling, maybe one of her best songs ever of all time, came out with a children's movie about ballet. You yeah, know, it's and that's like not onside anything. That's like onside Z. Right. So, like, just to me, the decision making over there, I'm not quite sure, like, who's choosing what. Like, we know Carly has a lot, but we just mm-hmm. don't know where stuff is being put. And so whenever she releases a side B, I'm like, incredible. You know what? Just give us the full archives. Give us the Lana Del Laptop. This side B is more of a proper album length thing because side emotion side B was pretty short. It's like seven songs, eight songs. Right. So right. here we have like twelve songs. The original dedicated was fifteen. So wow, I can't I'll wait to listen to, it listen to it. I'm I'll so excited to listen to it. Now the actual breaking news is that Lori Loughlin and Mosimo Gianulli are going to going to prison. They're going to prison. They pled guilty to one <laughs> count of conspiracy to commit wire and mail fraud. Um, Mossimo is pleading to an additional thing for honest services wire and mail fraud. It's funny that that's what they got them on in terms mm-hmm. of all of the stuff. That's the actual crime is wire and mail fraud. Yeah, that's we, we talked about that more when it actually happened. Yeah. Like the reason it's illegal is because it's technically mail fraud. <laughs> like yeah, it's right. so because, strange. Right. It made me want to go to law school. I was like, huh. Because it's false documents, a lot yeah. of false documents. Okay, so so Lori is has agreed to two months in prison and a fine of one hundred fifty thousand dollars and two Nothing years there. probation, Nothing and she'll there. perform two hundred fifty hours. So remember that Felicity was sentenced for two weeks, maybe, and did like two days, eleven days. She did eleven, 11 days of days. a fourteen day sentence. Lori, okay. Lori gets a Lori two will month do sentence. a month, a month. I don't know. I feel in like a, that's in how a that low security prison, she'll probably go the same one that that Martha went to. The one, same one that, that Felicity are went to. LA, where, where are the crimes? The California crimes, though. Yeah, Felicity, Felicity, because Martha was up she'll here. Go to the, sorry, she'll go to the one that Felicity went to. But, mm-hmm. you know, my other question was, due to coronavirus, I think that they will try and push this, uh, the serving of this off very mm-hmm. much so. <laughs> Lori does a little Phyllis Neffler hand wave. Oh, excuse me, Judge. Could we wait until there's yeah. a vaccine? <laughs> judge. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's... That's yeah. what I'm saying. I I fully, 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 fully believe that. So he was sentenced a little bit more. So meaning he'll do a little bit more than two maybe months, maybe Never. two and a half. I mean, they have pricey lawyers who are just going to be fighting the whole time to get them out early, like as soon as they go in. And interesting that they so now this is like Lori can move on. But this is now on her, quote unquote, record, although Felicity has moved on quite well. <laughs> Uh, Felicity played the game correctly. She was like, I fucked up, sent me to prison, got out of prison and was like, okay, let's move on, which is what Martha did, you know? So, yeah, because people need time to forget mm-hmm. it. I mean, I think that they will exactly. forget. And Felicity now they're thinking about Lori. Forget, forget forgot Lori. About Felicity. I know. I just think it's like enough with the dragging yeah. this out. Maybe they were like, it's enough. Like we're losing money by the second. It's hmm. not worth it. Let's just do it go to prison let's move on the world's dealing with other things right now uh you are listening to who's there our weekly call-in show where we take your questions comments and concerns at 619 who them um i love this person who just emailed us because we got all these pr press emails about Lori lockland and massimo getting sentenced and then there's this one hooligan who just straight up sent us the link to the justice.gov court filing it's like oh i think that must be a, a lawyer who i love that um, here are the full documents if you want them. Great. Thank you so, so 
Thank you so much for that. Can't wait to dig into those documents later. As I said, this is who's there. We are going to play some comments first, then get into questions. Then we might even play a game of who were them that we've been putting off because we always run out of time. Um, we're going to start with this comment. We got a few calls about this, and I think the call says it best. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, medium time, second time. Um, I'm just calling. I paused the podcast at the end. Um, you're talking about Allison Roman and Chrissy Teigen, but you all left out the part where Alison Roman was making fun of Mary Kondo and how she speaks English. Um, and also, you know, Alison Roman, she's really famous for things like the stew, but the stew is chana masala. She just likes to pretend that it's not Indian. And then, like, later the recipe got updated to kind of, like, give a nod to India. But um, Alison Roman's a little bit of a culture vulture um, with Asian food. Like, she hosted some like food tour to Vietnam, um, you know, and not actually like, is not actually like a Vietnamese chef or like trained in like the Vietnamese tradition. So, um, yeah, I just kind of felt like, you know, it was a really good discussion of everything that happened, but like Alison Roman has a bit of a history with Asian people and Asian foods and she gets called out a lot by South Asian food writers and Asian food writers and it kind of gets ignored. Um, and again, the stuff that she said about Mary Kondo, like, please to buy my, like, you know, stuff. Um, yeah, it just kind of like bummed me out that you all didn't, like, address that and address Alice Roman's, like, you know, kind of like shady history. Um, I'm sorry if she, like, operates in the same circles as you all do, but, like, it's kind of central to the story. Um, is very much a thing about, like, race and, like, who gets to cook you know, different foods and, like, who gets to own foods, you know, like, how many, like, Indian grandmas and mamas, like, make chana masala and yet it becomes Alice and Roman stew, you know? Um, all right, crunch, crunch. Women can go and blow balloons if they want to. Bye-bye. Women can go balloons if they want to. Thank you for that call. We got a couple yeah. calls like that. So I guess the best thing we can do is direct you to this story on Eater by Navneet Along called Stewed Awakening. I think it just says a lot of things that the commenter said that we didn't talk about, that a lot of other people are talking about better than we possibly mm -hmm. could. We'll link that in the show notes. Next comment. And thank you. Hey, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. I had to pause the show when you were talking about uh, Tori Spelling putting together a Farrah Fawcett puzzle. Um, the reason she has that puzzle is because uh, in 2010, Farrah Fawcett contacted Tori Spelling um, this was after her death through a psychic reading. So um, I just wanted to close the loop on why the hell Tori Spelling would have a Farrah Fawcett puzzle. Crunch, crunch. This is incredible because so many people knew this. That's what's like amazing to me is so many hooligans were like, um. oh, no, this is a specific. I'm like, excuse me. Actually, Tori Spelling communicated with Farrah Fawcett from like in the, you know, of all across things, the lines. Of all things. <laughs> Uh, this is the explanation to that puzzle. I know. So apparently the connection is that um, her dad was the producer of Charlie's okay. Angels. So like she wanted to talk to him. <laughs> she sat down with, of course, John Edward, the OG like con artist medium oh, man. God. And he connected her to Farrah Fawcett, who was like, I wanted to talk to her father or something. So she has like a Farrah Fawcett connection. <laughs> Aside from just talking to her, I think she also just like her family is very wrapped up in Charlie's Angels. I mm -hmm. forgot that, you know, because of There's so the many things are Aaron Spelling shows the... that you forget that they all are. Right. Like it's like too huge. Right. So she says, 
Uh, she knew Farah for years, first through her dad and actress's work on Charlie's Angels, then because they were neighbors, and also because the blonde bombshell appeared on Tori's former VH1 show, So Nort- Notorious. So I guess they were neighbors. <laughs> I, it's really funny imagining this version of the afterlife where Farrah Fawcett and Aaron Spelling are maybe having a conversation somewhere in the afterlife. And then Aaron Spelling like goes to like refill his drink or like, you know, hops outside for a phone call. And then meanwhile, some voice is like, dad, dad, dad. <laughs> and Farrah's like, oh, sweetie. Oh, he just ran out. Like, can I? But while I have you. <laughs> I mean, there is a joke in there that it's like Tori doesn't even have a good relationship with her dad. Like when he's like on the other side, it's like she's like, dad, dad. And he's like, hun, I'm busy. <laughs> he's mouthing like, I'm not here to Farah. Like, I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not here. <laughs> yeah. Take the call. Take the Take call. The call. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> he's like playing, you know, like heaven tennis or whatever. I don't know. Heaven hell. I'm heaven just, tennis. Whatever. <laughs> okay. That's really funny. So that's the reason why Tori Spelling would be playing a with a Farrah Fawcett puzzle. Honestly, that's still not a good reason. <laughs> hey, hey, weekly, um, medium time, medium time. Literally, just had to stop the podcast because uh, when you played that clip of Megan Blake Owen talking, uh, she says she's from Adelaide, and that's where I'm from. And it's really funny because about twenty years ago. There was a guy that went around town in Adelaide pretending to be Skeet Ulrich and, uh, like, basically scammed a bunch of money out of people. Um, I doubt she knows this fun fact about our city, but it's pretty funny. And literally, like, anyone of a certain age in Adelaide knows who Skeet Ulrich is because some guy went around and, like, was pretending to be him for a while. Um Anyway, good form, Bellathon. Being great. Bye. This is so funny because, I mean, just the coincidence is really funny. But also, the, uh, thank God, the Sydney Morning Herald has an article about this fraudster. It's It was published 10 years ago. It's from 2010. And it's about this guy named Brenton Jarrett, who was from Australia, and he would pretend to be different famous people the first person he pretended to be was joshua hitchcock aka the grandson of alfred hitchcock so that was he would be like i'm the head of a film production house or whatever that's kind of it's very shady and he was creating casting sites and he was trying he was saying that he was making a a remake of cheers and melbourne Ugh, and he met women and manipulated them Ugh, that's terrible he looks sort of like like he looks but he looks like skeet He was arrested in relation to an assault on the driver of a limousine he had hired while pretending to be Daniel Depp, the brother of John. So he was trying he was pretending to be like related to people. And then finally, in 1998, he just pretended to be Skeet Ulrich. That was his last thing. He has a vibe of if you mashed up Eddie Furlong, Johnny Depp and Skeet Ulrich and then just like really, really shook him, shook him, shook him, shook him, shook him, shook him and let him out, left him out to drive for a little bit. Which is why I might believe that he's Daniel Depp, brother of Johnny Depp, which I don't even think is a real mm-hmm. person. Do you know what I mean? So so Skeet Ulrich is the first person that he pretended to be where he just pretended to be him. He didn't pretend to be his brother or cousin or mm-hmm. uncle. Anyways, he was arrested and he went to jail on fraud wow. charges. Uh, 
and I don't know what his deal is now, and I don't feel like wow. looking it up. But oh, since then he has made a return appearance as Skeet Ulrich. He also pretended to be Jai Hanlon, a representative of Johnny Depp scouting holiday locations, and Josh Jarrett, a Las Vegas-based nightclub. Are we owner. sure that this oh, is yeah, not the yeah, man yeah. who was in Megan Blake Irwin's Instagram stories? Because <laughs> now I'm getting a little nervous. I mean, I mean, I mean. Because we did talk about how Skeet Ulrich looks very different now, so I don't know. No, that's definitely Skeet Ulrich. I also saw a great headline where Skeet Ulrich said that he left Riverdale because of creative decisions. He was like, I didn't like where that show was going creatively. It wasn't fulfilling to me. (laughs) Just incredible. The last thing I will say about Skeet Ulrich is that I finally started The Sopranos. And within six minutes of The Sopranos starting, this happens. So cool you're going to be able to come to Aspen with my family at Christmas. Last year at Aspen, I saw Skeet Ulrich. It's close. It's from where you said it. Oh, my God. Meadow going, oh, my God. To Skeet Ulrich. It's the perfect timing year-wise. I mean, that show started in whenever, but, like, it's the Skeet Ulrich. It's the Skeet Ulrich, Ulrich era. You also hear Britney Spears songs. You is get ready. This, you're on a Is this a friend a repeat, a repeat visitor? Meadow's friend? She's not a re- She's there for a little bit, but she's not, like, a long-time character. 30 no. minutes in, I was like, this show's good. <laughs> it, was, it was just, yeah. like, one of those realizations no, where you're like, oh. Well, you're finally, like... I I get what people are talking about even though you did not believe them you're just like oh oh my god and the violence i'm like Ugh. within 10 <laughs> minutes there's like a okay. bone sticking out of someone i was like i can't look at it i can't look god, at I'm it i'm so happy you're watching the sopranos it's i'm such thrilled a good watch the full credits it's and i was like, like i've heard this song but never in context <laughs> like this rules but then by the end of the show you're gonna be like woke up this morning <laughs> <I> like karaoke <laughs> by myself again What if Katy Perry names her baby Daisy Bloom after her new song, Crunch Crunch? I think we even talked about this on the podcast. We We definitely texted about it like five days ago. Of course, this is going to be a possibility. Incredible promo. I I honestly, it seems, it seems like fact at this point. Cover me in daisies. But I have to say the song is not good enough. Like it's not, it's not even close to being one of her best. So it's like, it would be kind of sad if she named her kid after a song that she released. That's just fine. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I just wanted to call um, because you were talking about Joaquin Phoenix and Rooney Mara potentially giving their baby a middle name, last name situation. Um, And I did just want to point out that Rooney Mara herself actually has that, um, that very middle name, last name situation going on because her full name is Patricia Rooney Mara, and her sister's name is Kate Rooney Mara. Rooney is her mom's last name. Mara is her dad's last name. Um, And that is some of my favorite trivia, that they both are named Rooney Mara, um, and I did want to make sure that didn't go unsaid. So, yeah, uh, me and Greece, Leanne Cuisine. This leads me to think that if it's a girl, or it doesn't matter, they will also name the kid Rooney Mara, just to continue on the Rooney Mara you know clan yeah thank you for reminding me of this and i feel like we even made fun of this in the past um yeah yeah we did this is why call-ins are great because every time we forget something a caller's like "Uh -uh -uh -uh." right and the other thing that i fucked up was that joaquin phoenix named himself leaf and then changed it back so he was born joaquin Raphael bottom i can't believe that's the last name that he had but whatever and they and he changed his name to leaf and then he moved to mexico and leaf in spanish is hoja i'm pronouncing that wrong 
and then ajo is garlic and ojo is I. So I would always get them confused and introduce myself as either garlic or I. And so he was embarrassed. So he changed. He claims that's why he changed his name back to Joaquin because it was hard to pronounce in the first place. But then Leaf got confusing. Hmm. Okay. I don't believe that story in the slightest. <laughs> sorry, but like, fine. I don't Just believe saying. that story at all. Okay, next call. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Long time, long time. Just had to pause the podcast um, when you're talking about Brian Greene and Megan Fox and um, that cryptic quote about butterflies that he posted on Instagram. It um, treads up this latent memory um, that I am truly not sure why I have. It is definitely a sign that my brain is rotting. But um, I remembered that Megan Fox has a tattoo of the quote, we will all laugh at gilded butterflies, which is attributed to King Lear, but is actually a bastardization of the actual line. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, I don't know if he's that deep, but maybe he was, it was just like a double layered symbolism that she's the gilded butterfly. Okay. Um, I'm going to go cry because I'm just disappointed that I just knew all of that. Thank you so much. Love you guys so much. Crunch, crunch, ScarJo, yummy pop. Rest in peace. I love that. That was like a full explanation of why that he chose that. Because then hours later, after our episode came out, it came out that they are broken up. Like he did say, to, he did confirm that they'd broken up. But he said, then he said in another article, it's not because of cheating. And then the music video came out. Machine Gun Kelly's music video came out with Megan Fox in it, which honestly makes me feel like there's more evidence that they're actually not together, that it was just promotion for this music video that she was in. Mm hmm. Her being in his music video convinces me less that they're actually dating. The timing of his breakup and them being together is the only thing that maybe convinces that like is the only evidence that they'd be together. Yeah. The video I like. The video makes me feel like I'm in the year 2000 again. It's it's very it's like the per like if, if there was no rumors of them dating, if it didn't even matter, it's the perfect Megan Fox casting. It is Megan Fox at her true finest. It is Jennifer's body, Megan Fox. Like it is a good you can tell he is a fan of Megan Fox. Yeah, it, there's it, it reminded me of the lit video with Pamela Anderson. Where she's like giant and yes! she's like stepping on them. Where she's eating and them. And she eats them. A little... Where they're like objectifying her, but she's also like the winner. Right. She's the victor. So it's like Megan Fox is being objectified, but she's also murdering Machine Gun Kelly. So it's like funny. <laughs> um, and she's also the singer of the song. Yeah, and she's way. the like, singer of the keeps... song. Yeah. Also that song, I was like, oh, Machine Gun Kelly. Not bad. <laughs> the other thing that I find amusing, and this is just, just, just a side note, is that this news came out on Brian Austin Green's podcast. Which is so funny to me. First of all, I did not know he had a podcast. It's called Context. But the point is, it's like, if you're a celebrity and you have a podcast, which is like, great, you make money off the podcast, people like it, it's good for like personality, da da da. If something like this happens and you, you have a podcast, you're kind of obligated to share it. It's like if you didn't have a podcast, you wouldn't have to say anything. But because you have that that weekly or whatever platform, you're kind it. of forced to say it. And it's kind of funny in a weird way. It's like, that's the sacrifice you make for making money off a podcast God, you're right. is that if news happens to you, you have to respond to it in that fucking podcast. You can't 
or else you're like inauthentic or whatever. It's like, why is he on, why is he fucking talking about whatever on his podcast? Yeah. He just broke up with something just happened. So he said on the podcast, um, I've never met him, but Meg and I talked about him and they're friends at this point. And for what she's expressed, he's a really nice guy, genuine guy. I trust her judgment. She's always had really good judgment. Still very vague. It's still very vague. And I also kind of feel like this is promo. Like until I see them holding hands and masks, like I don't know that I believe it, you know? Yeah, until he until he's wearing a T-shirt with like her name on it or something. I don't, I can't. <laughs> also, or butterflies. Whatever hooligan made that I heart A D A shirt today, like God bless. <laughs> that was amazing. I thought it was real. <laughs> I was like, is this real? <laughs> Springtime vibes are in the air, and when I bring in some beautiful flowers that are blooming, I want to smell them, not the litter box. And I can't thanks to Pretty Litter. I'm gonna correct this ad because. I didn't bring any flowers in, but you know what I did cook yesterday? A big pot of beans. It smelled delicious in my apartment. It smelled like all the yummy stuff I was cooking, and it didn't smell like cat poo-poo or cat pee-pee because I use Pretty Litter. You're saying springtime vibes are in the air, and when I cook a big pot of beans, <laughs> I'd rather I want to smell beans. them, yes. not the litter box. I'd rather okay, smell beans great. than flour. I'm trying to personalize I don't think it. Pretty Litter would mind you correcting their intro with your own personal endorsement, which is yes. that you want to smell your beans. Yes. Delicious, fragrant beans with bay leaves and garlic and onion. This is all to say that nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, it's low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. So I know that when people come over to my apartment, they're going to be smelling whatever I'm cooking, whatever's in the air, you know, like whatever candle I lit, they're not going to smell what's in the litter box because it soaks it all up. Plus, the crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like UTIs, kidney issues, and more. So when the colors change, you can tell your vet what happened so they know what to look for. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have kitty litter bags taking up a lot of space in my little apartment. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, guys. So excited here because my time has come to shine on this podcast. I am a real-life Cuban here to report <laughs> what Cubans think about Ben Affleck and Anna Darmus and them together in general. So Ben Affleck alone, I think Cubans on the island truly have no idea who Ben Affleck is. Um, I don't even think they really know who Anna, Anna de Armas is. They just probably think that she's dating. Like, they probably now know that she's a pretty big deal here. And because of that, they automatically think that Ben Affleck is, like, the biggest actor known man. They probably think he's literally, like, Leonardo DiCaprio. That's what they think he is. They know who Leonardo DiCaprio is, but they think he's at Leonardo DiCaprio's level. Now, Cubans who have made the giant journey here to the United States and elsewhere, the first thing that one of my other Cuban friends texted me when we found out that Anna Domus was dating Ben Affleck was, hasn't the island suffered enough? It's really weird. It's an odd choice that we saw for Anna, but it's okay. We support her no matter what. We don't have that many people to support I think the, my theory is that the thing that really attracted her to him is his, the fact that he speaks Spanish pretty well. He's playing in his like, I don't think he has to give him as much credit as, as he deserves. That's, that's all I have to say. Bye. <laughs> 
thank you so much for calling. We had to cut part of the end because the call broke up, but I'm so glad you called. And I'm so glad to know that like people in Cuba have no idea who Ben Affleck is <laughs> <laughs> and also may not even know who Ana de Armas is, but like support her because she's Cuban iconic. Wait, somewhat related. We also got a call about how, what Puerto Ricans think of Ben Affleck because of the JLo incident. So I uh-huh. kind of want to play that call too, okay, because it that. definitely does tie into this. Hey, Who Weekly, long time, long time. Uh, you asked for Cuban community discussions on Ben Affleck. Um, as part of the Puerto Rican community, I will say that from previous encounters with Ben Affleck for Benefer, hashtag never forget. Um, you know, I was always really into that. And I think Puerto Ricans are really into that. I mean, I think that's, you know, there's cultural issues there, but um, I think the idea of this Puerto Rican lady snatching up the, like, it white guy was kind of interesting and like bringing him into the fold. So maybe it's the same for the Cubans, but, you know, us Latinas, uh, Latinx have been burned before, so it's a little sus. I don't know. We'll see. I do like that he has a good Spanish-speaking, um, like, pronunciation and stuff, even though it's with, like, a Mexican accent, so he has, like, this whole pan-Latin thing going on. Anyway, I don't know. Um probably would be best for a special Gien episode. So that's just like, I hope you guys, you know, try that out. Presidente, Bad Bunny, Ben Affleck. Let's talk all the last Gen-X who's. All right, that's it. Crunch, crunch. Presidente, Bad Bunny, Ben Affleck. I mean, it's, it's, it is like incredible that it's like he's Cuban. He had dalliances with Puerto Rico. He speaks in a Mexican accent. Yeah. <laughs> so based on this like very small sample size, the Latinx community supports Ben Affleck, but is <laughs> quietly sus about the entire I thing. mean. <laughs> Let's move on to questions. Thank you for calling so much. Hi, Weekly. I'm sure y'all are getting a lot of calls about how Polly V is hot now. And, I mean, I agree with them. I And I think the only reason he's hot now in that one video is because he's wearing a hat and we can't see his hair. But also, the other day I was Googling him and he's 40. Like, how is that even possible? I feel like he will forever have the energy of a 29-year-old. Okay, that's all I have to say on him. Crunch, crunch. Can I say <laughs> that you, the best part about this call is when you're like, I'm sure you're getting a lot of calls about this. We did not yeah. get We only got one call about this, and it's from you. Although, this has been covered mercilessly by people. God, this is like... I'm sure you get a lot of calls about this. You're correct about Alison Roman. I'm sure you got a call about this. Even more correct about Tori's Bell and Farrah Fawcett. I'm sure you got a lot of calls about this. Absolutely. Nope. Never. Nope. Just this one. But we decided to play it anyway. <laughs> yeah, because no. Well, also, I will say, Kelly, our friend, sent me a DM with this photo of him and was like, I'm hot. it's hot. <laughs> like, I can't help myself. He's too hot. And I agree. But so it's did just Miles. so funny to me for two... <laughs> Miles is like, too hot. <laughs> too hot. <laughs> Miles Tanzer? Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So, but what's funny about this for two reasons. One is he looks hot because he has, he has a, 
he, uh, he has a beard. So that's like it's it's, it's changing his vibe a little bit. And you're right. He's wearing a hat over his hair, his distinctive like joke feature that makes him kind of like silly. Mm-hmm. You know, the silliness of Polly D desexualizes him. The other thing that's really funny to me about this entire thing is it's like, <laughs> oh, his quarantine beard. It's like. That he can't shave his beard because he's in quarantine, but like the beard is the one thing that like you can do, you can shave yourself. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know it's what you like, mean. it's not like oh his hair is so long he has quarantine hair. It's like no, he literally like just he just didn't shave his beard and now he's hot mm-hmm. or he just looks different. He is, didn't shave his difference. beard and also he didn't have his crazy glasses on and also he has been covering up his head. You know, like. Yes. Nothing has really changed. It's just been minor little edits. He finally, maybe the thing is that he maybe finally looks his age. He's 39. He's mm-hmm. not 40 yeah. quite yet. He'll be 40. Actually, I forget when his birthday is. But he, You forgot yeah, he when his looks, birthday is? He looks, well, I just looked it up. He looks his age and he also has like a bit of a, he's wearing a Yankees hat. He's got, he's got a, he got like a little swagger going mm-hmm. on with this beard mustache the, ha- the jokey hair, no jokey sunglasses, stuff like that. It's like a different Polly D. And also the serious, just like the serious prune face gaze that he's giving the camera. Like Polly D is the jokester, you know? So when he's like, I'm being sexy right now, it's like kind of jarring. But yeah, Polly D, hot, great. Yeah, hot, great. I always liked Polly D. Yeah, me too. I mean, as far as like all of the Jersey Shore personalities, it's like Vinny was kind of ruined by his keto thing. Mm-hmm. And Polly throughout this has kind of maintained good humor. Yeah, I would and let's say. be honest, when your options are Polly D, Vinny, and Ronnie, Ronnie brings everyone down and anything looks good compared to Ronnie. Yes. You know, like anything right. looks, it's like, is appealing. Right, it's like all of them, even Mike's situation who went to jail for, for tax fraud, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, the kind of lowliest thing you can go to jail for, not lowly, I mean like hot, like not not um dark, like the less the least dark thing you can go to yeah. jail for, right? He even is kind of a good spirit, well, like, vibes guy now, too, because of sobriety. Sobriety, like so right. Ronnie really is the lowest. <laughs> so, like, yeah, Mike has this great narrative, like, I'm sober now. I'm, like, turning my life around. Like, it's very sweet. All of them have very borderline sweet things. Vinny's is ridiculous, but still. I Also, I got to say, I have to catch up on the, the last. I didn't watch the most recent season of Family Vacation, although I heard it wasn't very good. Neither so did I. Don't I. Know if I care. But. I was just talking to someone else about this. If it's still on Hulu, I think it is, you will never ever, especially in quarantine, you will never ever regret revisiting seasons one, two, and three of Jersey Shore. Perfect television. Perfect television. And I would say- Perfect television. Perfect television. uh, Episodes one, two, three of Jersey Shore, and then episode, and then season one, not two, just one of Family Vacation. Do not go further than that. Season two of Family Vacation got way too dark, way too quickly. It got dark, but season one is good. Season one is- is yeah. incredible. <laughs> incredible. Okay. I'm, pr- I'm sure we've said those things many, many times, but I mean, we are the exact age <laughs> to be permanently endeared to Jersey Shore forever. I know. Forever. It's true. It's forever. true. It's true. But but not in, but it's, what's funny is we're, you know, we are, we're right in there bullseye but I still won't watch the latest seasons. Yeah, like I still am very much like, oh, idea. these people. Yeah. Every time I watch the first se- first episode of Jersey Shore, I forget how much fucking happens, and I forget that Snooki goes through an entire season arc in one episode. <laughs> she <Yeah>. shows up. <laughs> she's the queen. Then she's the villain. Then she apologizes. Then there's redemption. It's like, and all of that is in like forty one minutes. It's unreal. 
It's unreal. <laughs> Meanwhile, Angelina shows up with garbage bags. Oh, God, now I just want to stop recording and watch Jersey Shore. Okay, here we go. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. It's Rachel from Lindsay's hometown of Newton, Massachusetts. Anyway, long time, long time. Anyway, I was calling in about, because I think you really need to discuss Grimes' mom and her Twitter activity. Thanks. Yummy Pop Scar Joe. Bye. <laughs> um, shout out Newton, Massachusetts, my hometown. <laughs> shout out Newton. I haven't been there in a while. Hope it's well. Um, we did talk about sure Grimes' mother, but I cut it because it was so boring. Yeah. But we, I, I, because we got calls about it, happy to, calls are, to mention Calls are it. more fun, you know? Yeah. But also just like sometimes we talk about it and it's boring and then the people actually do want us to say something about it or mention it. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess, even though <laughs> I warned you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we tried. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that Grimes' mother is a is a commentator in Canada. She writes for, or she has written for the National Observer about politics, and she like won a bunch of awards. She's a lawyer, and too. She, yeah, and she sat down with Trudeau and talked about the pipeline. That was a whole thing, because she, I think she was anti-pipeline. He's pro-pipeline. That's a whole thing. So she was, she's like a relatively liberal writer. Mm-hmm. So she obviously was anti when Elon Musk was, you know, opening the Tesla, pl- uh, the Tesla plant against all recommendations from the CDC. Mm-hmm. And he kind of said a lot of stuff about like, he's like, arrest me. I'm on the line. Da, da, da. And he just had a baby and da, da, da. She was subtweeting him about right. those things. And she d- she deleted the tweets, but they said, if your partner went through a challenging pregnancy and childbirth in the last two weeks and you were over 16 years old, would you be blaring MRA bullshit on Twitter right now? obviously about elon someone quote tweeted elon and said buddy has a three-week-old baby she responded to that person but not elon and said not yet two weeks so it's like listen i know it's worse than you're even saying this guy's a monster right i mean she she did have a reply that i saw i'm not sure i couldn't find it again but it it was a lot and i don't so i don't really remember it as well but it was along the lines of like them saying she doesn't like someone said she doesn't like him and she said i do like him i just think he's better than this mm-hmm. like it was kind of like a disappointing okay. thing but i guess maybe they talked and she deleted the tweets because they were like yeah don't air us out in public but also elon musk is a fucking asshole so whatever you shouldn't put the political opinions of a spouse on the other spouse mm-hmm. you know i mean just like you shouldn't blame a kid for their parents's offenses etc so like it is hard to be like put this on Grimes but it is but Grimes's mother versus Elon Musk to me is like a funny back and forth the mother-in-law being like you're an idiot because he is an idiot Mm -hmm. okay so that's Sandy looks just like Claire (laughs) which is really funny it's funny to be like a middle-aged woman and look like Grimes (laughs) you know yes yes it's funny okay next call Um... (laughs) I mean technically Grimes looks like her yeah without spoiling it there is a call in here we got a lot of really good don't play these calls this week. And there is maybe top tier, top five best do not play this call we ever got was this week. And thank you so much to the caller who called in with it. I I, Wait, I wish the, I could tease more. What was the topic again? The one about Oh. It's not spicy at all. We got a few don't play these that were good this week. An amazing little detail. And it was just a generous person saying, you know what? I can't say this publicly, but I want Lindsay and Bobby to know a little detail. And she told us and it was amazing. But the thing is, it wasn't even an it was a detail that would not change anything, but would mean something to us, Mm -hmm. which is like the most valuable. It's like it's a detail. If I told like Radar Online, they'd be like, who gives a fuck? But like it's (laughs) like, we're not paying for that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're getting nothing for that. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much. I'm just scrolling to the calls and I'm seeing the do not play this that we put at the end. Okay, this one we can play, unfortunately. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I just learned that um, One in a Million um, by Bossan from Miss Congeniality was Golden Globe nominated. Did you know this? Um, crunch, crunch. One in a million. Once in a yeah. lifetime. Maybe it's <laughs> okay, Bobby like yelled this at me when he got this call. Like he was so excited to learn this. <laughs> I always like this song. This song was very important to me. It doesn't exist outside Who of the movie. Who is Boston? Boston is a um Swedish. He's Swedish. a Swedish artist. Swedish. His name is Boston because his father's name is Bo and he is Bo's son. Yes, so he's I love it. That's the Nord- that's the Nordic structure. Like he's Boson. Olson is the son of Ol. You know, like that's that's how right. they did their shit. I so think it's Bolson. so funny. He's the son of Bo, <laughs> um, and that's his stage he's name. Bolson. His real name is something else. <laughs> I really Stephan, I can't be bothered Stephan, right now. Stefan Olson. I have his Wikipedia okay, so now open, of Bolson. course. And he, I guess he did a Michael Jackson impression um, in the semifinal of some show, and he that gave him a big break. And he performed and wrote "One in a Million from the album "One in a Million, and it became a top ten hit in Europe and Asia in two thousand. And it was in the movie. Oh my god! And he wrote it to his girlfriend, Miss Sweden, nineteen ninety eight. That so the song was about a beauty queen. Incredible. That is to me iconic. I feel that that explains why it wasn't <laughs> nominated for an Oscar and just a Golden Globe. Not to not to say it was Oscar worthy, <laughs> but I think the Oscars have at least now have stricter rules for this and yeah. this may have been a pre-existing song you know and it was I mean, kind of one a loud in the Golden hit, <laughs> one a million hit number two on the charts in Norway which number charts five. okay <laughs> Norway <laughs> and a number five on the charts in Austria Ugh, can't you just picture Gracie Lou Friedbush like walking with her little scepter and her not scepter like her torch yes I are you kidding this is the most this is the most um this is bringing up so many images for me The other thing that this makes me think of, I mean, this couldn't be a more Eurovision song. It feels oh, yes. old. It feels, you know, that Spanish feels guitar like that was so popular in the year 2000. Yes, oh. it feels like Laureen. <laughs> it feels like this guy should have oh entered this song in Eurovision. Um, speaking of Eurovision, are we going to do a Eurovision episode or segment? Have we thought about this yet? We are. We haven't thought about it. So the the, <laughs> the 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 short answer is yes. The long answer is we don't know how it's going to work, but it's going to happen. It has to happen. Um, it'll yeah, definitely be a segment. About... I don't know that it can support an entire episode, but it will be a segment on the public, <laughs> not the Patreon. Maybe we could do a segment on the public and then more talk on the yeah, private. Yeah. Like we'll do like an extended version on the private. I've already listened to all of them because I wrote a thing for Vulture and they're really fucking fun. I haven't so. listened to all of them yet. I've only listened to some. I, I'm really behind. Yeah. I'm disappointed in myself. It's okay. It's hard when there's not a competition because it's like well, you can root for people, I guess. And they're doing like a little bit of a show, but they're not really. It's, yeah, it's not, not the, the same. same. It's, it's not, not the same. same. We've talked about that. Yeah. But really, so to go back to One in a Million by Boss and, um, and Miss Congeniality, big deal for me because it was filmed partly in San Antonio. So I remember seeing it 
opening weekend. I'm sorry. Who did it lose the Golden Globe to? So this is why I wanted to talk to... I thought it'd be fun to play some songs. So let's revisit the other music from this year. I was looking at these, and the only one that I can sort of, quote-unquote, sing is I've Seen It All by Bjork. The other ones, I couldn't tell you what they sound like. The Garth Brooks one vaguely rings a bell because I did love Frequency back in the year 2000. Have you seen Frequency? Oh, big time. That's the movie where he tucks a daddy on the radio? Daddy died and then he talked to him on the radio. And then We've he... talked about this on Who Weekly. We've talked about Frequency? Topic. We talked about yes. Frequency. Yes, we have. And at the end he's like, sure. invest in Yahoo, right? Okay. <laughs> so that had a Let's song listen from to a Garth little bit Brooks. Of this. Let's listen to the chorus. Okay. On a prayer in a song I hear your voice and it keeps me hanging on oh, raining down against the wind I'm reaching out till we reach the circle's end when you come back to Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Garth Brooks' music, kind of hard to find on the internet. Want to play the other ones? Okay. Oh, it's really hard to find because he created his own internet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. This, The Emperor's New Groove was like long after I stopped caring about Disney movies, and yet people were like, no, it's a return to form. It's really good. I, It does nothing for me. I have no sense of The Emperor's New Groove. It's a good one. It reminds me of like the Hercules of Disney movies, where it's like the true heads know some of these later Disneys were mm-hmm. like kind of more interesting than the OGs. Like Hercules is my favorite, but Emperor's New Groove, I remember being like, very much talked about. So what was the song that was nominated from there? But even even though even though two years later came Lilo and Stitch, which actually is in top five for me, so I should take that back. I just didn't really give much of a shit about Emperor's New Groove, and I love Lilo and Stitch. Here is this Sting song from Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> what does like a I can't hear a Sting song like this without feeling like I'm watching an ABC promo from 1997. So, I, like, this is not doing anything for me. Well, the the funny thing about a sing a Sting song in a movie is like sometimes people adapt to like what's the movie sound like? What I'm writing for this film? It's like no, that's just like literally a Sting song. They're like, okay, so we're gonna hire you to do this song for this movie. Just do you like do whatever you would normally do, uh, just and we'll just put the song in the. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's no changing. Then there's the Bob Dylan song that won, which I'll play a clip of and then like completely forget. No, you skipped Bjork. No, that's the let's saving the best for last. No, I have to turn that off. That song was in Wonder Boys, a movie which I know existed but can't remember any details about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> who was in Wonder? Do you Michael know Douglas about Wonder and Toby Maguire? Just... I have not seen that movie since high school. <sighs> okay, and who cares? So who cares? And then the truly the best song of that year. Oh my god, this is incredible. They should have won. This is silly. It's stupid. And never forget, this is why she wore the swan dress. Yeah, so Bjork, Dancer in the Dark, which she was in. She was the Dancer in the Dark. And she had a song for, and honestly, should have won. This song put in the work. This song should have won. I know that like it would have been fun if Boston had won, but this song is about the movie. We jokingly stand Boston. It would have been iconic if one in a million won. Like that is an amazing, that's actually an amazing nomination. Like to dig that out of all the movies, to look through the movies of that year and be like, let's do, let's give this one a little bit of a, a, a nod of the hat. 
but this song actually was incredible and this movie is incredible so absolutely come on. so come on who won the oscar song of the year that year bob dylan won he, uh, he obviously won he didn't go both yeah bite me wow then i've seen it all was nominated my funny friend and me the Sting song was nominated, so three of them overlapped. The two wild cards, the the songs that took the place of Boston, yeah. how dare they? Yeah, were a love before time, a love before time from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yeah. and then and a fool in love by, by Randy, Randy Newman, Newman. from Meet the Parents. Um, this, I could, this, I could sing a part of this. That song. Really shows though that the hmm. Golden Globes see they they know the Golden the Globes for the people. They're for the people. They they think beyond. They think outside the box, outside the box. Boss letting Boston in that fucking category outside the box. <laughs> okay, and you think I'm gonna cut that segment? Yes, I hope you cut that segment. I hope you cut that segment. I'm keeping this segment in the episode. Okay, Surprise. then maybe you're gonna open up the episode on Friday and you're gonna say, "Wow, there's 35 minutes on Boston." <laughs> I was wrong. This episode's four hours long. Okay, can <laughs> we move on? And maybe we should skip the Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> It was like 70-something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed, or in my Pull case, under the bed. your linens, sweeties. The lin- It's time. For- it's linen season, honey. Oh, oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen tops, my linen bottoms, my linen dresses, I'm putting on my linen sheets. I'm putting on my linen pillowcases. I'm just like, everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts, tees, and linen. I know. I should probably buy some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be, somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. You and know? you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to you. I hate middlemen. I and hate Quince middlemen. only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Um, let's play a quick game of who are them. Oh my God. We can, we have time. Well, yeah, we have a little time. We have a little time. (laughs) I mean, I have to put in six hours of Bjork content and uh, one in a million. We'll just play on repeat for a few. uh, few Wait, these, this list is like, (laughs) this, this list is really funny. So it's some from the past few weeks that I can tell because you whittled it down to be like the truly iconic ones. Here we go. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. I am watching one of the most iconic movies of all time. Um, I don't know if Bobby will agree with this, but Ever After, starring the Drew Barrymore, um, which leads me to this question, um, is or are the Brothers Grimm whose 
or them. Right? I was really considering this. But that's what quarantine does to you. Love you guys. Crunch, crunch. Mean grease. Brothers Grimm, who are them? One, two, three. Them. them. Brothers Grimm are thems. They're them. The movie with Matt Damon and Hugh, uh, not Hugh Jackman. Um. Oh, Heath Ledger? Heath Ledger. And oh Heath my Ledger. God. My brain just broke for two seconds. The movie with Matt Damon and Heath Ledger, who? The Brothers Grimm themselves? Thems. Name other fairy tale writers. Name two no, other fairy yeah, tale the Brothers writers. Yeah, the Brothers Grimm are thems for sure. I mean, yeah, that Come movie on. does not count as Brothers Grimm stories as movies are thems. The Brothers Grimm movie is a who? <laughs> Unfortunately. Do you know, do you, can, you, can you name their first names? The Brothers? The yeah. Uh, Josh and Josh and Ben? One of them is like too German. The other one's just sort of like whatever. Biblical, but not necessarily German. Adam and Heinz? No. Wilhelm? And Jacob. <laughs> okay. That's good. Those are the yeah, they're thems. Um, also, like the Ever After. Brothers. How dare you? Of course I love Ever After. Do the Brothers Grimm were the original Property Brothers. What if the Property Brothers were called the Brothers Property? <laughs> <laughs> that would change everything. It surprises me that they didn't change their last name to Property. Like, they're so corny and dumb. They would change their last name to Property. Zoe Dational Property. There's still time. I now pronounce you Mr. and Mrs. Property. (laughs) It's also just funny that they were called the Property Brothers in general. Like, how did that even happen? How did they even come up with that? God. And then there'd be the spinoff, The Property Wives, and it's about Linda and Zoe. I mean, that's still very much. Can you imagine a a more boring show, The Property Wives? What are you doing today? Oh, you know... Going to Target. What about you? Oh, you know, I got to call my mom. Got to call my sister. This show sucks. It's been canceled. It's the worst show of all time. Actually, this show's been been renewed for season two, but we're replacing both the women with Ruby Rose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she'd quit. She'd quit before season two was over. Next call. Richard Hatch. Who were them? Richard Hatch. Who were them? One, two, three. Who? Who? OG who? An early who? Like early OG reality, reality star. Like peak who almost. Like the beginning yeah, of who them is like this flash in the pan man who like did a thing and then like had controversy and then everyone kind of forgot. I know. And then he had to drive around that hideous Aztec. <laughs> Remember <laughs> that hideous car? <laughs> I do. You want a million dollars plus this car. <laughs> this ugly ass car that we cannot get off the lot. It you is know? funny to me when you or on a reality show and you win an item that's like clearly spawn because it of course it's spawn but like it's bad spawn and it's like can i sell this item and then there's like rules against you selling it anyways (laughs) hi Lindsay bobby i am reading that truly fuck wild gq story which i'm sure you're getting a million calls about my question is christopher nolan who are them robert pattinson who are them I think they're both thems, but, you know, I could be wrong. Uh, Pasta Burger, definitely a who, so much so that later, this whole thing is wild. Anyways, good song, Bella Thorne. Bye. I was just reading a thing on Cinema Blend this morning. Cinema Blend. I have the tab open still, just coincidentally, and it was Uh about how they have not pushed this. Christopher Nolan movie. No. It's still scheduled to come out at the end of July. 
Yep. And they're just like, we're not moving it. We're not moving it. We're not but moving isn't it. it. So it's Netflix, right? No, 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 no. It, it's like IMAX. It's like as theatrical as you can get. So how is anyone going to see it? They're just hoping that some of the Americans. They think theaters are going to be open by then. They're making that bed. He refuses to move it. That's crazy in a way because it's like a movie that is so based on like a a huge ex- theater experience because like yeah. you know him. He loves like noises and like. This thing says, um, by all accounts, Christopher Nolan really wants his movie to be the movie to usher audiences back into theaters. I mean, um, that so. would be. It's funny. It's like he wants. He so wants to be like the first movie you see in theaters again that he's making yeah. the bet that he will be. But like. Maybe in other parts of the country, but not this part. <laughs> Maybe other parts of the world. Maybe yeah, Europe. Exactly. Maybe other parts Maybe. of the world, but not this part. But I don't. I mean, not whatever. This part. You know. I don't know who fucking. So Christopher knows Nolan, who were them? Anything. We didn't even get one, there. two, three. Them, them. for yeah. sure. He's, one of he's the one directors. Of the, that one of the director name. thems. Yeah. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. Long time, long time. Um, Wallace Shawn, absolutely a them. <laughs> crunch, crunch. Tim Tebow, lesbian. One, two, three. Who? I mean, did you say them? Maybe he is a who. I said I just feel like Wallace Shawn, everyone knows what he looks like. He's been in so many things. He's a true legend. He writes plays. He's acts. But he is a character actor. Like, Mm -hmm. to a T. Yeah. God, his, his voice, though... His voice and I mean, his I know face he's are rec- them. Yeah, it's but like, maybe his, but you, maybe would his say, name is not. you would say, oh, it's that guy. I love that guy. Yeah. Like, we mixed him up with, like, fucking Richard Dreyfus when we did the book club, uh, only on Patreon, the book club DVD commentary. We didn't commentary. mix him up. We you just mixed I mean? up the order they appeared. But we knew, but we were like, oh, those two, you know, they kind of overlapped a little bit. The point is, is that I think his, I think he is iconic, but I do think he's one of those perfect. When we always say it's like you know you know you know them but you you cannot place them yeah. and it's like oh character actor I'll take it back I'll I'll I'll, I'll defer to you yeah he's a who he's mm-hmm. a who Hi Lindsay Bobby so I've been obsessed with Run and it led me down this rabbit hole of whether or not these three women are gay icons or if it's just me Merritt Weaver Tony Collette and Catherine Hahn all of them's I think but still wondering crunch crunch Let's do the who them first. Um, Merritt Weaver, who are them? One, two, three. Who? who? I mean, if Wallace Shawn is a who, Merritt Weaver is a who. I'm right, sorry. like well respected. That's not the case here, but just in Come terms on. of like recognizable. Yeah, and Run is not going to break her out. Sorry. Tony Collette. One, two, three. Them, them, but only over the past three years for mm-hmm. sure. And uh, let's see where we let's see where we land with Catherine Hahn. One, two, three. Who? Who? I think she hasn't gotten there yet. But she's cuspy. But that's fine. Like, she always is like, yeah. She's always good. People love yeah, her and things. I know, I know. She's been the funniest part of a lot of things and the most memorable part of a lot of things. But I still think she's a who. And to answer your question. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They're all gay icons. They're yes, all, all gay. Because, no, well, it's like they're all gay icons for many reasons. But the main reason being uh, they're underappreciated female actresses of a certain age. So, yes, they're yeah. gay icons. Like, that is well, literally Mer- the every Mer- Weaver's like our age, but. You oh, know. is she? <laughs> I thought she was old. No, well, we're, I mean, we're of a certain age. We're older than 23. Yes. Oh, she's older than we are. She's okay. actually, she's older than we are. But I okay. think we're, you know, not by much. I'm just no saying, I'm just us. saying, <laughs> I'm happy to be of a certain age. I don't care. No, I love but being my, a certain age. My point is, is just like a, you know, an, an, an actress who is taking on 
weird, interesting roles and who is older <laughs> than mm -hmm. 23. <laughs> just like the next person you have on the list. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I just called, but I rambled. So to cut it down, Parker Posey, who are them? Obviously iconic. Would love your input. Thanks. Good form, Wolfhorn. One, two, three. Them. Them. Yeah, them. them I think them. so. The name helps also. But I also think that she reached like a certain point of like she her name is. Yeah, I think so. Hey, Who Weekly. Um, I have been watching a lot of Nurse Jackie and I'm wondering if Edie Falco is a who or a them. Bye. This is <laughs> weird to hear a sign off that's just bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> One, two, three. Them. them. I do think so. I think so. Yeah. There's She's Jackie pretty. and Sopranos are both two big shows. Two big yeah. shows that she won a lot of awards for. Yeah, I think People so. People like Edie Falco. I think so. She's amazing. She's so good on Sopranos. Okay. Uh... I, uh, hi, guys. Long time, long time, I guess. Um, so much going on, but I, I really want to know, are the cores... Who's or them? Or Andrea Core, is she a who or them? Is that crazy? Also, JoJo, uh, new album, pretty great. Is she a who or them? Uh, that's it. Good, good for Bella Thorne. All right, bye. So at the end, he, he asked, he just like weirdly pivoted to JoJo as well. <laughs> is she a who or them? So... Okay, the cores, whether or not the cores are who are them has a lot of sub questions. So I think it's we true. start. It's true. Like, I, it's like also <laughs> personal. Like, I saw the cores headline a concert at for Mix 98 Five Fest when I was like 13 in the middle of like Boston Common. Like, they were the easy listening champions of my like youth. They have so many albums, and I could name one of their songs. Right. It's Precisely like, go one. on, go on, that song. Go that song is wonderful. It's incredible. <laughs> I'd also look at this disparity here. I don't think I'm wrong in assuming that this caller was Irish. Whether or not this caller still lives yes, in Ireland, yes, I don't yes, know. Yes, but this yes. caller sounded Irish. Irish them. Look at this for first sure. album. Forgiven, Not Forgotten, released in 1985. Number two on the Irish charts, number yeah. 131 on the U.S. charts, right. you know? Right, yes, yes. And I'm, I'm, yes, yes. <laughs> the album that had Breathless on it yes. was only number 21 on the um, right. U.S. charts. And Breathless was a big song. Breathless was so a big like, song here, but I would say sig they were significantly more popular in Ireland than here, maybe over mm -hmm. across the world than here. And do you know who wrote Breathless? Is it Mutt Lang? It's Mutt Lang. Yeah. That's so that's amazing to me. It's like it's amazing. He is like truly he's like, I'll give you a song. And then it's like their number one hit, you know. So why don't we do Breathless? No, let's do the cores. No, let's do Andrea core because there are four cores. <laughs> Stop. I don't want to talk about each core. Andrea core. Who are them? One, two, three. Who? Who? Okay. The cores. <laughs> why are we doing one, it? two, three. Who? Who? Breathless. How about this? <laughs> I don't like this. Okay. One, two, three. Who? Them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think it's fine. a who, who as well. Right. No, it's a who. I think it's, it's a, a who. who. It's a who. It's a who. I think it's, it's a just who. like what I love about them was like they were an impressive band. Like that was their thing. It was like 
people you people saw them and like loved them because they were so like good at what they did it was like they were musicians right it was like uh you know fiddles and they sounded irish but they also sounded contemporary and like they were just like irish through and through but i don't but they it was hard for them to break out of that sound so i feel like it made sense that they only had like you know one hit one hit question mark Leave me breathless. God, what a great excuse to play a little bit of breathless. Do, do. You know, if you think about breathless, it does sound like a Shania Twain song. Sounds like the a part Shania Twain like, song. Do, 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 do. That part where it's like country-ish almost. Like, yeah, and you know how Shania Twain loves like an introductory like, come on, or like, cool, like some sort of introductory call to arms. It has that too. Wow. It's it's truly Mutt Lang. Go on, go on, leave me breathless. And then one more call. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Wow, we're almost at two hours. Like, this is on you. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, wow, we are. <laughs> no, we're not. Okay. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Long time, long time. Just question AAA batteries. Who are them? Thanks. Bye. Crunch, crunch. What? <laughs> AAA batteries. Who are them? Yeah, I'm ready to answer this. Great voice on this caller. Yeah. Announcer voice. Uh-huh, uh-huh, One, uh-huh. two, three. Them. them. These are the batteries you always need but don't have in stock. You know what? And I fucking knew you were gonna say that because right now I'm I because I, I I'm so glad you said that. Oh my god, I'm so glad you said that because right now I'm in the craziest situation. What's I'm in that? dire need of double A's and I've got triple A's coming out the ass, just pouring out of my ass. There's so many triple A batteries in my house. And I can't fucking find a double A battery that's to save so my dangerous. Life. Can you please take the triple A batteries out of your ass? That's never, never in my life have I yelled at a girl like this. I have never had an abundance of triple A's and no double A's. So I always have, like, you. I always need triple A's. I'm always Come looking over for this. Come Let's do some contactless <laughs> battery swapping because I have I, so many. Okay, and I have so many double A's because for some reason <sighs> I bought a lot of double A's and rechargeable double A's. So I have fucking, like, a double A rechargeable <laughs> with those batteries. You will never catch me with rechargeable double A's. Rechargeable double A's, it's like you always forget to charge them. And it's like, God, I just wish I had regular batteries. What needs batteries these days? Not Sorry, not to be whatever, but a you remote control or like a vibrator. What else needs batteries these days? Remote control, the clock in my kitchen. I haven't had a clock in the kitchen working for months. Our, <laughs> our like universal remote, the universal remote uses double A's. Every other remote uses triple A's. I'm just and saying. And so I'm, we got all these around, remotes on the counter, right. on the on the coffee table. And it's like, I just want the one fucking remote, but I can't use it because I'm out of double A's. I'm just saying it's like, it, I have all these batteries. and a vibrator. But like, what even do I yeah. have in my house that uses batteries, right? Clocks. You're right. Clocks. Vibrators. Clocks. Or remote controls. I cannot think of another thing. Well, the thing about batteries is like when we were kids, you go through batteries like candy, right? Because you're using them in your toys and they run out, you know? Yes, it's like, yes, oh, I yes, played my virtual yes. boy for so yeah. long and I yeah, need 16 more boy. batteries. <laughs> yeah. I need 16 more batteries in my virtual boy because whatever. But yes. as adults, you use batteries and they last for a long time because it's like you only use them for clocks and you only use the remote. But also you so use everything forget. is rechargeable now because like, why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Like my app, the Apple TV remote, I can plug in. But yes. the TV remote, batteries. Also, it's a Samsung TV. This is a side fucking note. 
everyone in my apartment must have a Samsung TV because it is constantly turning on and off and I cannot deal with it. It's like, do you have this problem? Oh, is people anyone are, tur- no, people are turning Samsung off your TV the with their remotes? Constantly. <laughs> Trying to play a little Call of Duty Warzone, TV off. No. <laughs> Trying to watch Titanic, TV off. No, that is so TV funny. Off, TV I'm off, sorry. TV off. I'm sorry. Because you know we're butt up against the neighbors. I just sorry. That home. is the most New York shit ever, which is just other people turning off your TV. Samsung. It's just I have to say though, remote. if you don't have a universal remote, you do not love yourself. It's worth every battery I have I put one, in there. but I can't use it okay, because I, I don't have any AA batteries. I'm talking to the listener. I know you have one and can't use it because you just talked about it. <sighs> the universal remote really did change my goddamn life. And it really I, did. It really changed uh, my life. It really. It doesn't work for that. It's supposed. It like technically works with the Apple remote, but Mine like does. not well. Like you oh. need the Apple TV remote. No. Oh no, I never use Apple TV remote. Actually, you know what? I don't even know where it is. You it could use be your anywhere. universal remote for the yeah. Apple TV remote. Yeah. Well, Bobby, I don't know it's where so the clunky. the Apple TV remote is so do- deep in one of my chairs or my couch that it will never be found. The Apple TV remote could be in Mars. It could be up my ass. Speaking of up your ass, it could be. What is um? What is the uh? God, now this is so. Oh, Jesus. We're going to hit we're going to hit 2 hours because of this conversation. What is the <laughs> Oh god, now I'm picturing Wait, you have to this is a visual gag. Look. Wait, what are you trying to do? <laughs> what are you trying to do? So, the sperm that are floating through Kirstie Alley in the opening of Look Who's Talking uh-huh. Are like what happens when you drop an Apple remote? Stop. They just start drifting Stop. away. <laughs> They're just like bye 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 bye. Okay, you didn't need the you didn't need the visual for that, but you're right. Yes, you you put down an Apple remote and it slides into nowhere. It just it walks itself away from you into the abyss. Like there is no way to keep track of an Apple remote. You know, you need a big fat clunky universal remote. That oh, it's never so get big. Lost. <laughs> and when it falls, it goes. <laughs> And the batteries fly out of it. And you're like, God damn it. <laughs> Half we, my life. Can we batteries please, falling. Can we please? I need to end also, this. Also, I cannot believe we referenced the cores and look who's talking in the same episode. The you Gen did. Zers are like, excuse me? <laughs> the Gen Zers are like, what? They woke up from their slumber like, hello? <laughs> okay. My favorite, my OG favorite vine. Hello? <laughs> the woman who's getting water poured on her face. Yes. Hello? <laughs> okay, we're done. Holy hell. This is your editing, for two so hours. you. This That's is fine. on you. I got a day. That's okay, <laughs> I got a day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Who's There, or your weekly call-in show. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, not about batteries, or do we have any? <laughs> if you have any call solicitations us, this if week? you call us about batteries, I will never <laughs> play it. So do or not blocking call. your number. We can do that, by the way. We can block numbers. We've we don't never, do it, but we've never. But we done could it. if we wanted to. Yeah, we've never so, done it. Mm-hmm. What else is going on? We're doing a chromatical listening party for the patrons. It's going to be super fun. So if you want to join for that, iconic. It'll be fun. Yeah. We're going to listen to it together. And then we're also going to do an episode about Chromatica. That's just us talking about it. It's going to be great. God, this is how we're selling the Patreon. Hey, well, <laughs> so whatever. What are we supposed content. to sell? What are we supposed to sell in this time? No, in it's this time? the Patreon. The Patreon is so much fun for us to do. So we just really enjoy it. And we're thrilled that other people like it too. It blows our minds. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. I think that's all. And I don't know. Listen to the cores. No, no, don't listen to the cores. Listen to Boston. One in a million. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Bye.
the same? Um, I'm curious to know, hi, uh, hi, Lindsay, Bobby. What projects do you think Tyler Lautner auditioned for and uh, didn't get the current crunch? Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, I was just looking at BB Rex's Venmo, which is dumb, I know, but she only has like two public transactions. One's from December 4th, 2015. Someone has probably already called in and told you this, so it was probably really dumb. Um, she paid someone makeup and then she was charged by someone else in 2018 for a missed appointment. Um, I looked up the person and it was a massage therapist, so BBX missed her massage therapy appointment. Okay, me in quarantine. Goodbye. Hi, Bobby and Lindsay. It's me again. Um, medium time, short, short, medium, short to medium time. Um, I am calling you from New Zealand. I'm celebrating that we've just moved to level two. Sorry, I wasn't actually trying to humble brag there, but I guess I did. Anyway, I'm celebrating because wherever I am, and I've got a spoon of lemon curd, and it's just so delicious, and I just, I love lemon curd, and I think it's, like, strangely underrated, even though, like, literally everyone loves it. Why don't we just all eat it all the time? I don't know. Is lemon curd a who? And, like... (laughs) Of the condiments? Is it a condiment? Or is it, I mean, what is it? Is it, what's the equivalent? Coolie? Is a coolie a who or a them? Of, I don't know what, the sauces? <sighs> Bechamel's a them. Um, I'm going on too long. Crunch, crunch. Uh, oh, God, I can't end the call. <laughs> Good form. <laughs> Hi, Huliki, it's me again. I'm calling because my, um... My previous message was perhaps too deranged, but I do need to know the answer. Lemon curd, who or them of what? Condiments, specifically sweet condiments? What is a lemon curd's equivalent? Is it a coolie? Is a coolie a who or a them? I think like lemon curd is really underrated in a weird way, even though literally everyone loves it. I just don't think we necessarily consume it enough. I mean, I know it's a treat, but anyway. Um... Like sauces? Is it just general sauces? That seems too broad. Bechamel for them is what I wanted to say. Um, okay, hollandaise? Ooh. Um, women do belong in balloons.